covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Fans of the 50-yard fight, this is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kyleman in here, as always, alongside my good buddy, my good co-host, my good pal, my good arena fanatic extraordinaire, Jim Mernier, joining me in here for this edition. Jim, good to have you on. Man, I don't know if you heard the intro. Uh, we got something special to talk about today, um, something we've been sitting and waiting, hoping to hear back on, and finally, it happened. As, as you put it, the king has returned. Um, yeah. Um, um, yeah, about that. Um, again, like we tell all of our fans out there and our listeners, thank you for downloading the show. Yep. When we report stuff, it's factual. We have the <laughs> reasons why. The people who have reached out to me saying, where's your source and who's your source? You know what, his, you know what the source was? It was Mason Espinosa himself. <laughs> well, there you, have. <laughs> there you have what we're, doing, oh, what we're talking about. <laughs> but yes, the, the king has returned to the jungle in Columbus. And the big question over this offseason with every other team in the league is everyone else has been getting all their quarterbacks room situated. And Columbus is just sitting there. And I knew something was up about a week ago. And I started, you know, throwing that line out the Mason, like, come on, tug it. And there has to because. I have another source that was like, yeah, the, the, it, there's something going on between Mason and the Columbus, but I'm trying to make, you know, Mason jump on it. And he really <laughs> did. not so I was like, you know what? We'll make him go. I guarantee if I did this power ranking for the quarterbacks, either his brother Blaine will do something that will spark it or Mason will say something. And Blaine was the first one that put the, like did a retweet of it and put like the Google eyes on it. And I'm like, yep, there, <laughs> yep there's something here. Then literally on Thursday, um, Thursday night, late night, um, East Coast time, I think it was like 11 something o'clock, we get a text from Mason's like, yeah, check the transfer wire. Um, I'm coming back to play. And we was like, Columbus, who, 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 who? We, and we're just waiting for him to say who it was. Yeah, and they double check. I said, so we're like, Okay, well, I know it's legit because it's Mason, and then when we we broke it at ten a.m. on Friday, and people were telling us like your sources are not true. I'm like, our source is the guy himself. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. Now I just gotta say, Zach, is that we gotta change the quarterback room rankings now um, well, because because yeah, if you so if you look at the one you made, correct? Of course, Columbus is at the bottom because uh, well they. I mean, they really they made some signings that that were reasonable ones that were returning players, but it wasn't like they didn't didn't have the quarterback locked down, you know, because Mason was in the air. And you know, I want to want to stress something here. Uh, someone someone uh, put down a comment when we released the info. Uh, I shared it on our NAL group, and I, and someone went and said, uh, "Was it ever in doubt?" And I'm like, "Well, okay, sure. One can assume they had a great relationship. You know, he's he's in that area." Uh, there's a lot of options in football right now. Mm-hmm. So that's the speculative part. That's why we say until it's official, like there's other options and avenues. The yeah. USFL is an avenue. You know, even the CFL, you still, if you put up a good performance, you can go there. Mm-hmm. You know, these these are things. Like an MVP in any league is no slouch is how I want to look at it. And the NAL is one of the tops in that department in arena right now. Mm-hmm. So that is why you have to sit there and wait on it. And this is why this is big news because, you know, Prince was one thing. You have the offensive player of the year come back. Yeah. Now you have the MVP of the league back and everyone's stocked up. Oh, of course, man. Just me a couple of days ago when Warren Smith signed with the Sharks. I'm like, it's over. It's, it's done. Over. <laughs> Give us the dang title. I'm like, yeah, in the back of my mind's like, I don't know that Mason it's rumors back to Columbus is, you know, toying with me. I know there's something going on. Then of course on Thursday, Mason dropping like, Oh shit. Well, come on, <laughs> let's go sharks. Let's try we're, to do it. <laughs> we're doing this. Uh, we're doing this by God. He's coming down the ramp. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was uh, like the, the last, uh, Literally, it was like the Royal Rumble of the freaking like WWE where <laughs> Prince comes out at number 27. You're like, oh, here we go. Okay. And 28, it's Warren <laughs> Smith. And the crowd gets crazy. And 20 and 29 is just some random dude. Like, oh, okay, that's Debbie Downer. And 30, and you hear the glass shatter and Mason Espinosa is walking down there. Everyone's like, Mason's back. Mason's back. You're like, oh, God. 
It's like, it's like Mason's going to WrestleMania. That's how it is. Um, but but people don't realize like we've had good communications with Mason since last year when we had him on the episode, uh, which is still our highest downloaded show. Um, uh, right above the number two downloaded show, Jim is very back. liked personality in the league. You can yeah. tell. And he even said that like when he got he was played small school, Ohio Wesley. Uh, who liked our tweet and retweeted it? Thank you, Ohio Wesley football. Appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate that. Appreciate a lot. the love. Um, we had over near almost eight thousand impersonations on that tweet. So thank you again to everyone who's uh, retweeted, liked, and commented. We appreciate it. Um, follow us, you know, like us, and download our show. Hopefully, um, but he said in this interview last year that opportunities in football are few and far between. But if you execute. Other leagues like the Canadian Football League will look at you, USFL. At that time, it was like the XFL um, and the AAF. They'll look at you because you have potential. And Mason, wherever he's gone, if it was an eerie explosion or the Albany Empire and the Columbus Alliance, the guy wins wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. And if Grady wasn't in the league last year, Mason Espinosa is just not the MVP in the last year. He is an NAL champion. And now that he comes back with Columbus, he is the – I, I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, he is the best quarterback in the league, hands down. And we've already had people on our Twitter say, well, the offensive line is what made him. Yeah, but the offensive line is easily replaceable in the in, in, in arena ball compared to the outside game. You can find bodies to block. Look at Jackson. Right. You can find bodies to block. It's the quarter. If you have a consistent quarterback, you're going to win a lot of games in the NL. And Coach Gibson. And how he runs that organization to Columbus, now that he has Mason, who's going to be back there as basically another coach for Columbus, they're not going to skip a beat next year. They're going to have a 12-game season, and they're going to kick ass because of Mason. And this is not me just sugarcoating because we've had Mason on. Go watch his film, ladies and gentlemen. He Last year, he there's a reason why he won the MVP and beat out a loaded team up in Albany for that reward. Even though he didn't win the championship, he did win the MVP. You have to uh, even put pause for the Lions' status right now because I don't think I I think we're getting the sense that they aren't done signing. No, Um, you know I just uh, just talking and hearing with people like I think Mason was kind of that stepping stone on what they were going to do this year. You know, I guarantee there are a few people out there that are just waiting for the quarterback signing. Well, and now that Mason's a, he's there, such a big piece that's in the open. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked, we've talked about the two chess pieces since the uh, since free agency really started. Was Darius Prince going to come back after mm-hmm. his after his talkings about the Iron Man rules and you know just his displeasure on some of those pieces? Right, and he did. And what's Mason's journey going to be like? Which we were kind of left in the dark because paths. So now mm-hmm. those two pieces have fallen. They are in place for the season. They both came back to the league, both to their respective teams. Correct. It's just some elements either aren't settled or they have changed. For example, for Prince, there's no Tommy Grady. Now Mike now Mike Faithful is a solid arena quarterback. Mm-hmm. He will win you games. You know, he's going to be healthy this year too. He'll win you games. Um, in terms of Mason, I'm putting a pause on fully on what Columbus's status is as an overall team because – I don't think they've signed everyone yet. I mean, Desmond Reese is a good option. Of course, Cavante Pope. But do I want those as my targets, or would I still prefer to Lonnie Outlaw and a Antoine Grant? Yeah. Um, there, are, there are two right receivers. We're going to, I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, I have no sources on this. I have no idea what's going on with this. There are two wide receivers that are big-time free agents for the National Arena League. They have not signed in the USFL. They have not signed Canadian. They have not signed the IFL or the CIF. Malachi Jones and Antoine Grant. Uh, a Mason Espinosa can get one of those guys into Columbus if Columbus is willing to pay the money to get Malachi. But Antoine's already been in that system. He'll come right in, and that he won't have to learn. He'll be like just day and night, like, let's go. Let's get at it. But Malachi be one of the free agents that hasn't signed yet. That's still a big fish in the pond. Well, I think I think I think Malachi Jones. It w- it's come down uh, to his partnering up with Lululemon, as we've been as we've talked last year. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, he has yeah. that to fall back. You know, he, that's a consistent thing he can do. You know, remember Arena. When we talk Arena, it's not like any other league where it's like you can make. I mean, you can do it as if you want it year after year. Yeah, a lot, a lot of these guys do stuff outside of the league to 
finance themselves throughout the season. So he's got a fallback. Antoine Grant's the one I'm waiting to see what happens because he's been pushing and him talking to me at times too. He's been pushing to get in the USFL. I haven't heard much from him if he was in the pool or not. Maybe he's playing close to the vest. But say he's not in there, Mm -hmm. I would see him as much like a Mason where, you know what, he had a good connection, it seemed, with the Lions last year. If he can't get an option in the CFL or the USFL, you know, indoor arena's calling. And I know he's put his displeasure on the IFL's rules that there are – it's still somewhat unclear, but it sounds like that they are – not letting certain players in. I haven't gotten a 100% clarification on why that's happening, you know, because there were some public spats and talks about, like, AFL lawsuits involved and all that, and I got to revisit that at some point. Mm -hmm. But he was involved with that. And so the NAL would be his option as a fallback, and he's out of his rookie status, which, by the way, you know, the rookie status thing is a big deal for some of those that have played in arena because, you know, Last year, if you went in and you played in arena, if you haven't played in the NAL before, you're a rookie. So, rookie contracts. He wouldn't be under that anymore. Right. He'd be able to, especially with the uh, with the salary cap, even with Columbus and how I know they run the organization a little tighter, he could probably get a better deal than he did last year, possibly. Um, and I think that would be a fallback plan. Now, if he goes to Columbus, that changes things too because he is a definitive number one. Now, after he after his performances last year, to me he's definitive number one wherever he lands. Wherever he lands, unless you're going to Albany or Jacksonville, where they have you know like you know of course uh, like Darius Prince or you know Smith Smith over there. So yeah, <laughs> Devin, like Devin Smith and and Grant, I'd be like, oh my god. Or like uh, you know Prince and Grant, I'd still be going wow. And they also have Desmond Epson, Albany too. Keep that. What do you in mind. think about uh, uh, Wilson and and Malachi if that ever happened in Jacksonville with freaking uh, Warren Smith as QB? Yeah, that's a yeah. that'd be an mi- explosive that, offense right and that's there too. I was mi- and by the way, that was what I was mixing up with Warren. I was meaning Devin Wilson. I'm sorry, yeah. Devin, buddy. I know you listen in, <laughs> but dude, if Wilson and Grant were to team up, I would be. I, with with Smith under center, which by the way, Smith and Grant have a rap have a repertoire since they did play Lehigh in, in well they played in Lehigh and they also were in of course Atlantic City most recently. That's right. So you can have I for, I forget the the Blackjacks. I forget mm-hmm. about them. I mean, I mean, telling you, he's another he's one that most people I don't think have been thinking about as much. But if he has a fallback, that's someone I'm waiting to see where he goes because like. That could be a game changer for any receiving court, especially like if Mason gets a, his weapon he had last season back. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Sharks get Grant, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm then like reshuffling my deck on power rankings again. Yeah, yeah the, the, like this week I'm I'm planning on doing a my power rankings of the wide receiver rooms, um, but the guys who we think are be the least the uh, top three receivers per team. Yeah, and that's going to be more difficult than the quarterbacks, of course, because the, the receiving cores for all these teams are they're pretty loaded. Um, I again, I do apologize to San Antonio. There's some guys over there that I still don't know yet, but over time I'll know. Uh, but yeah, the the thing about the arena game is like Malachi, he joined later in the year last year, so he could be one of those guys who doesn't join until either right when the season begins or it could be another couple of weeks, but we don't know if he wants to come back. And Antoine Grant's the same thing. Um, by the way, his name is Antoine Grant, ladies and gentlemen. He gets really pissed when people call him Antoine. I, okay. I, I did make that I did I did actually funny enough make that mistake uh the first time I interviewed him for Gridiron Gallery, you know, and it was like I think oh, I, I think I, never, I think it's from your podcast. Well, I, I never realized, from. but you know, it's yeah, it's Ant, it's Antoine. The E is what's important there is why. And, and what's strange is that the Columbus Lions at home announcer kept saying Antoine. I'm like, he is it's not, like, it's not Antoine. <laughs> I'm like, man, they don't listen to the podcast, but yeah. uh, but those are yeah. those are two of the big top receiving free agents that are still out there from Good last year. I, I want to see where he falls. Now, the USF, to reference the USFL in this, mm-hmm. they do have their draft pool coming up 22nd and 23rd. Again, I I haven't heard anything from him on that front. Yeah. But if he's in there and holding it tight to the vest, we'll know because they're going to be tweeting out like crazy on what these rosters are going to look like. They'll post these rosters. 
And even then, it's sounding like they might do cutdowns. So, like, it's not guaranteed until April 16th when their first yeah. game is. So, And there will also be some guys that are in the USFL that we don't know about that will try and get other opportunities in other leagues. So they might – some of those may jump in the NAL um, or By CFI. The way, uh, Patrick O'Brien, he's in the pool. Did you hear about that? Oh, yeah. Shout out to him on here. He's uh-huh. uh, He apparently is uh, enlisted in the USFL draft pool. Wishing him the best of luck. I got it. He basically turned the well after who was it Brian Smith who got no who got hurt last year with a concussion for the Predators? Oh, Brian Scott, on. Scott? Oh no, no, come on, Brian Hicks, man, are you serious? Hicks, Hicks, where am I getting Brian Smith Dude, from? Talk to him on here. Oh Jesus, he's gonna give me a message. He's gonna give us a message right now. Or you, uh, you watch as soon as he gets to this point, he's gonna be like, guys, really? Uh, Mason's going to send us a message just like appreciate the love Warren Smith's going to send us a message appreciate love and we're going to get Hicks like what the hell dude <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just told like people like don't mess up Antoine Grant's name now Hicks is like what about me <laughs> oh my god but yes that is that is where he stepped in Patrick did a solid job leading the Predators to a playoff he, for the he, first time in the NAL. Rebirth. And he won the inside the walls player, of the uh, offense uh, player of the week when he showed he out did. against the Jacksonville Sharks. That yeah, he, one, that one game. That was, uh, I was going to say, that's one of two games that they swept the Sharks, you know, yep. for, I mean, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen, but shows you how that has been going here. Uh, we do have a special interview for that. Speaking of Orlando in a second, mm-hmm. um, that we will reveal as we finish up this talk, this talk, but I mean, Let's revisit as as we go back in here. Just what 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 is the Mesa? I mean, Mesa Espinosa rejoin league. We know what it does in terms mm-hmm. of you know where it puts Columbus back up. It, it it pushes them up pegs all the way out of the yeah. six. It's you're already I'm already throwing them top three four. You know with the, with the guys that stocked up. Yeah, you know? I, I have them um, honestly. I have them my ranking. I'll have them right behind Jacksonville at number two because. I, how I look at the, the power rankings, I, I he is, if it were just saying by starting quarterbacks, like you give her the backup quarterbacks, um, he's number one. But if you look at the whole entire rooms, like in Jacksonville, you have Warren Smith Jr., who is a veteran, who is the, he was the active leading passer and touchdown <laughs> guy in, in, in the NAL until Mason showed well, up. Yeah, former NAL MVP as well. 2017 in and, and, um, and Henry Malik Henry for the Sharks mm-hmm. had a very good season with uh, the Fresno or Frisco good fighters mm-hmm. uh, for the, the IFL last year. And he's very solid. And then you go to number two, in my opinion, it's Columbus because of Mason and Mason. If you watched him the last couple of years for the Columbus lions, he is, Basically, he has all the records. He only needs, I think, a total, I think, like 145 yards to have the all-time record of passing in the NL. So, he's about, I think, Brackett is his name, the guy who used to play for the uh, Massachusetts Pirates. And I think he needs, like, 10 touchdowns to be the all-time touchdown leader. So, he's right there. Um, but current, my, So, the current... Uh current passing yards leader let's see i got passing touchdowns here just trying to get this all sorted out oh of course never mind we can just bail to that until i find it because of course the nal website doesn't have the names it says team name <laughs> number great uh, what's <laughs> the team name? what's it what's the team name well it's uh, i knew it was carolina i i, I know it's I'm gonna it's gonna it's on tip of my tongue and I'm gonna knock myself for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's it's Charles McCollum. It's, yeah, it's Charles McCollum. Then the Massachusetts Pirates is Bracket. Then then mm-hmm. the Columbus Lions is Mason Espinosa. Yeah, McCollum's kind of the gold mm-hmm. standard from recent years. Yeah, and so. he showed out in 2018 NAL Championship, uh, yeah, the year yeah, that they won two straight, yeah. and they just lost to Jacksonville in the second one. So correct. Um, but yeah, my, I have Jacksonville number one because of the overall quarterback room itself right now, based just on Mason Espinosa just getting in there. I have Columbus at number two for the ranking. I know we have a couple of people out there that message us. It's like, what's our new rankings now that you have to change right. it. 
Um, well, well, sorry, we couldn't spill the beans. We had to hold on to it. <laughs> um, but um, but the one of the other one that number three, I have it. It was when I did this when I did this the first time. Albany and Carolina's. Um, it only came down to name recognition, in my opinion, um, because you know Mike Faithful and you know Sam uh, Casanova, mm-hmm. and you know Jonathan Bain in Carolina. Now Dennis, uh, I, that's I don't know who he is, but because of Jonathan Bain and how he's played in every league he's played in, he hold he holds a higher respect, in my opinion, in the ranking. So I have them. Like number three, but in this case, because of Columbus, I have a number four now, and I have Mike Favel and uh, Castronova at number three with Columbus at number two. Then mm-hmm. you get to the then you get to the Predators. I don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Is it going to be EJ Hilliard or is it going to be Akeem Kato? I think that's a toss up right now. I, yes. I can't. I don't. I can't give a definitive on like knowing who. I know. I know both of them have had their own tenures in arena. Uh, but I can't say definitively who has that edge. So we'll, we'll find, I mean, that one's going to be, we'll find out as like mm-hmm. the season gets closer. Like, I think that's one we'll find out like yeah. as we get to like days before the start of week one, you know? Yeah. And, but the biggest question mark now is because Columbus was number six when this ranking came out. Now San Antonio drops. They have three guys that are in there and I've, Honestly, I've no. I'm not disrespecting San Antonio. I have not heard of these guys before, and it's look trying to look up information and videos on. It's very hard to find any videos on them, so I really don't know how to judge them. That's why you're at six now. Come week five of the season, and Chris Jeffrey is either showing out or David's showing out. Then it might change. Um, but because San Antonio is a lot of question marks from an outside person like myself and you, Zach. We don't know because we didn't follow the AAL last year. Honestly, we kind of, kind of, we kind of still trash on the league. Well, but, yeah, I mean, the I mean, the AAL is not even going to play this year. Their new reincarnation they uh, they're foregoing till twenty twenty three now, which is such a big red flag, uh, <laughs> to my opinion. But let's stick with the quarterback rank right now. Right. Um, mine personally, mine's Jacksonville, Warren Smith, and Malik Henry. Number two, Columbus with Mason Espinoza. Number three, Mike Faithful, Sam Castronova of the Albany Empire. Four, Carolina Cobras with Jonathan Bain. Uh, with Dennis Har- with Harvila. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Harva? Uh, Harvila? Harvila. I'm, I, I I'm sorry I've mispronounced your name. At if, that point, the old college try until we correct it next show yes. is what's going to have to happen. Um, then uh, number five, I have EJ Hilliard and Rakeen Cato. If you don't know who they, he is, Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one I would have thought, though, did Cato play for Carolina last year or was that somebody else? Cato. Uh, no, that was not Cato. Um, oh my God. I'm going to have to, I'll check. I'm going to check the roster again. Cause it, I mean, we're talking Aiken, guys. No, Aikens. Yes. Aikens played for Carolina yeah, last exactly. year. Um, I would have thought he was signed by somebody by now, but, um, and, and for a lot of questions, I did get a message. Uh, where did, uh, I'm not play for Albany. He was with Columbus. Uh, he just went, he just went to, uh, I want to say Massachusetts Pendell, David Pendell yeah, about, so that, that one I find kind of funny. And I, I had someone, uh, I had a good friend of mine that is uh, a friend of the show, friend of shows are of ours by the name Omar that had me on for his podcast about that point. Um, Cause Benefield is still, in Massachusetts and Pindell. I, th- so this is funny. I thought David Pindell had a legitimate shot of winning this job. He still does honestly. And so I don't know what happened there. We, I mean, I haven't, con- it's not like a, none of, neither of us have contacted David. Maybe I can, one of, maybe we, one of us will reach out and see, but I know that his skill set would fit better in the IFL. Cause he's more of a scrambler. Mm-hmm. You know, it's harder to do that when you have a linebacker sitting on you the entire time in the, I- in the NAL, of course, um, but it kind of made me scratch my head because he's not going to get the starting job in Massachusetts. I wouldn't see that. I mean, the, they just won in, they just won a United bowl championship with Benefield. So I don't know what happened there. Um, 
we'll have to get some clarification if we can. But yeah, I thought he had a legitimate shot of winning this. He was already a year in mm-hmm. with Tom with Tomanas and company over there in Albany, and learned under Grady, and learned under Grady. You know, Mike Faithful, yes, he is a former Empire quarterback. Had played under you know back up to Grady back in back back in uh, twenty eighteen. Yeah, because twenty nineteen was in Mason. 20, yeah, twenty nineteen was Mason. So I don't know. I I I, I know Castronova was signed, and maybe that was just the cue that he was going to exit stage left. But I really thought that Pindell and Faithful were going to be battling this out. Now it just feels like it's definitely going to be Mike Faithful because well, pedigree and you know dudes healthy. Like guy, like I said, guy's gonna win you games. He's gonna be your starting mm-hmm. guy. So, I don't know. I, I, I maybe we'll find that out because I really wanted to see what David Pindell could do. And even though, again, the league, the NAL is not set up as much for scramblers because of that, you know, that Jack sitting in the box there. I still would have liked to see what he could have done. Yeah, and in my opinion, if Pindell stayed there with Mike Faithful, I think that's one of the best quarterback rooms in the league. Oh, I think it. I think it. I mean, I think it is. Um, yeah, I think it, it's challenge, better than it challenges yeah. it, you know, because I think even like Mike Henry, well, you know what? I think that's 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 like a good debate question then, because like do you, I, obviously Warren Smith has his own pedigree in the NAL, but Faithful, you, you know best, he does too, mm-hmm. and then you know Pindell's been in at least in the NAL for a season. Malik Henry's newer to this, but he had a solid run with the Frisco Fighters. That's a tough debate question. Yeah. You know, now with this difference, now Castronova did okay with the Cobras, but still looked a little inconsistent at times, a little weary on some he had throws. The turno- he, he had the turnover disease. And had the turnover bug, which is, yeah. if you're, I mean, in, in indoor arena games, you know mm-hmm. as much as I do, that is, is, that is way more detrimental than yeah. in the outdoor. And, and, and I forgot what coach I heard it from. I think it was an NFL coach. He's like, the turnover bug is like a disease. Once you get it, it takes forever for you to defeat it because it stays mm-hmm. with you for games. And I've seen videos of Castronova, not just in the NAL, but beyond it. The, the guy can sling it. It's just that he mm-hmm. it just he just got through two, three games stretched there last season that those turnovers were just killing him well, and it was killing Carolina. Not to mention, I think, and maybe this is also his detriment too. I mean, he you remember this very well. Mm-hmm. The, the Cobra's line for the first half of the year was it was oh horrendous. yeah horrendous yeah he was getting beaten up every game for the most yeah. part. at least after that first like I would say scare they gave they gave uh all they Albany. gave Albany there um yeah after that it kind of just was downhill there for front three yeah. play so, and also uh, people also say sometimes a chance senior ain't changes of guys mentality that could be it yeah I mean so hey it, Albany is a Albany right now is one that is stockpiled themselves to be a Threat for another championship this year. Yeah. Speaking of that, before we close out, um, we'll do the updated graphics. We'll actually have my power rankings and we'll have Zach. So everyone knows our quarterback rankings. It will come out this weekend sometime. Nice. Um, But I don't know about you, Zach, but this is set enough to be one kick ass season. These (laughs) rosters are loaded. These quarterbacks are each. There's a, I can say it. Any team this year can win it all if they catch on fire. I, I think you at least have – you have five teams that I, th- I can see plausible pads, and then to me the Gunslingers are the biggest wild card right now. Because you don't know about them Because we don't know enough about the talent pool mm-hmm. there. I mean, I, the most – the guy I know the, the best right now is Philip Barnett, mm-hmm. which, I mean, great great receiver. He will do wonders for you. You know, but I need to see them in action with what they got down, you know, and what mm-hmm. Fred Shaw can do with that roster. Uh, yeah, I I said this best, and this is our special guest interview, is uh, Coach Jeff Higgins, by the way. You'll get that to end the show. I, we said, I said it best to him, too, like you did. This is going to be one, arguably the most competitive year in the league's history. Uh, every team stockpiled. The Iron Man rules make things fascinating for a strategic point. You know, mm-hmm. there are yes, there are other issues we've worried about in the past. Nonetheless, the strategy and the fascination with Iron Man will be present. Correct. At least five teams have pieces on all on both sides of the ball, and even special teams, you can argue too, to where games are wide open. 
I am Correct. stoked to watch opening week because these teams, they just went all out on saying, I'm going for it all this year. You know, I, I'm, I'm honestly going to say uh, this is what February 11th, 2022. We're still two months away from the season right now, based on the rosters and the quarterbacks, I see all four teams who make the postseason in the NAL will have a winning record. I, I, that, yeah, I expect that. <laughs> that um, no, because last year we had two. We had one team that was below 500. I'm telling this is just not going to be we're going to have teams that are going to be, you know, where we're playing 12 games this year. Uh, one to fourteen, of course, but uh, sure. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have cool. a lot of eight. We're gonna have a lot of eight and four teams. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We're. I. I know that the Cobras and Sharks scheduling change will, of course, be different in terms of how they rule stuff. But yes, I am going to be very much saying the same thing. I think you will definitely see the top four have winning records. It's going to be close. Mm-hmm. I mean, injuries, of course, will. You know, there's other factors. I, that's what I'm implying there. But right now on paper, there's some good there's good talent here. Okay, okay. You know? I'm gonna ask you this question right here to close out our segment, so you can get to our interview and our guest. Unfortunately, I wasn't there; had some issues. That's um, okay. February 11th, 2022. We'll come back to this when playoffs come in August. Okay. Um, who are your top four? Who's your one, two, three, and four? My top four right now. Um, Top four, and you just want the order, like top to bottom. Yeah, who's going to, who, right now? Who's your number one, number one, number? Who's the four? Who's the one? Who's mm. the two? And who's the three? All right, all right. Um, my four-one matchup is going to be, it's going to be Albany's the one, and, and this is with what we know now. So you're gonna, you might brace here. Albany's the one, and I've got. Uh well now nah, nah, I take that back you're not gonna brace Albany's the one and then Carolina's the four so oh. you get, get the ranch I was about to say Columbus but I switched back at the second last second however the two three matchup will be Jacksonville's two Columbus three oh so you got Columbus going to Duval yeah that's what I'm talking I, about Zach yes that is what yeah. I think will happen this year. Yeah, that's right. That you heard that right, Mason. You come to the Shark Tank in the playoffs. <laughs> Last year, the Sharks were nowhere near the playoffs. Yeah, yeah and again, again, signings can happen from this point. But what right now? What they have oh. right now? It's I see Jacksonville's not going to. They you you know we talked yeah. about this at the end of the year. Not playing around now. They're not doing another losing season. No, you know? uh, that's the Jacksonville mentality. Like last year was a wake up call, and the and the people I've talked to, they're like, uh, uh-uh, we ain't, we ain't messed around this off season. So oh, they. No. They've put money into this team, like you know, we're we're going for it this year, and that's a good thing because all the teams are. Um, my number one seed is same as you, Albany. Mm-hmm. Um, come at the king, bear not miss. Um, they're they're the champions, and you got to beat them first. Uh, my four seed is going going to ruffle some feathers. Uh, my four seed is the Columbus Lions right okay. now. Uh, the only reason why is because they still have half the roster that's not filled yet. Right. And Mason still Mason by himself will get them in the playoffs. It's just that I don't the, the, the receiver room still missing maybe a key piece and special teams. And there's a couple they have a couple more signings. It could change. But this is for February 11th. Um, my number two seed is the Carolina Cobras. And my oh. three seed is the uh, Jacksonville Sharks. Really? You have them at two. Yes. You have, uh, you have Carolina, too. All right. I look I at that. Li- I look at Carolina. Go that receiving court. That linebacker core, uh, they have a core. Jonathan Bain is a damn good quarterback. And, I'm yeah, I'm a homer for the Sharks. I love my Sharks. <laughs> but right now, I look at the raw two rosters, and I think Carolina still has the best roster compared to the Sharks. They they are kind of loaded. you know. And I, I mean, feel bad for uh, Arizona. Arizona, what the hell? Orlando. <laughs> Who's going? And both of our predictions are probably the 15th. I know, but they, they're going to be scrappy, though. Like the, oh yeah, they brought a lot of, they brought good they brought good key defensive pieces back. Brandon Fuentes being there, you know, mm-hmm. Josh Jenkins. Offensively, I mean, yeah, we we still have to figure out you know EJ Hilliard and Raheem Cato, which whoever is going to be there. Those they're veteran guys. You know, I don't think they have the same they don't have the same pedigree as like a Warren Smith or a Mike Faithful or a Mason Espinoza, but you know they they can sling them in the old arena. I mean, you're still going to have like Lonnie Outlaws out there, Larry Beavers. You know, Desmond Maxwell's back at fullback. He's going to be linebacker too, from what mm-hmm. it sounds like. So, 
You know, he's played that spot. They have stuff. They're going to be scrappy. It's just that a lot of the, like, premier people are in these other four. <laughs> yeah, correct. And the thing is, is that pick up. Uh, Pittsburgh. Where am I getting Pittsburgh from? Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, hey, it's because we were hoping we get Pittsburgh. That's why. yeah. Um, yeah, episode two on uh, Pittsburgh expansion. But I think Orlando is going to be that team this year that's going to be seven and five, and they're going to miss the playoffs. So even though you, they have a record, even win a record. So the way you're putting this is that the Gunslingers are going to be the bottom feeders, like hard. right now. Yeah. Until I, it's not because I hate the gunslingers. Just there's a lot of questions for me in that roster. There's a lot of guys there I don't know. See, because because I'm seeing it right now, and I know that again, wild card. Mm-hmm. I've got the Predators finishing like five and seven this season. Okay, you know, just under five hundred. The gunslingers, and again, things can change. You know, yeah. But just from what I know, I think they will finish. Unfortunately, at six. And I think it's just because coming over from the AAL, you know, and a lot of the premier NAL guys didn't really go over there. Yeah. And I didn't, and like you, I didn't see anyone that really moved the needle from outside that went yeah. there. So well, I guarantee if me and you lived in the San Antonio area, we will recognize some of those people's names because sure. they're, a lot of those guys who are on that roster are from the colleges around San Antonio and Southern Texas. They so. have been doing a lot of local recruiting. So You're that's, right. that's another reason. Um, but yeah, if I look at like, Based on these teams and based how we're, the season's going to go, I think we're going to have a team that's going to go nine and three. We're going to have a couple of teams go eight and four. And because of Carolina and Jacksonville, they may both go, I don't know, nine and four or no, excuse, no, no they, that's, you need 14 games, James. Count, yeah, you got to think for Cobras and Sharks, you got to think in a 14 game schedule. Yeah, because knowing that, freaking Jacksonville, Carolina's going to go 10 and four. And there the other know. team, and the other team's going to go nine and five. So, or eight and six. I have a feeling that even, I think we're going to have four to five teams with winning records this year because of how the schedule is formed. And I hate that for San Antonio, but right now, because of the roster, they, in my opinion, they're finished six. And I think they're going to be that team that goes four and eight to start. Well, well, Coach Shaw, Coach Higgins, if you're listening in, prove us wrong is all we're saying. Hey, we're you know, billboard hey, material. Things, I love it. Things can change, but. <laughs> This is going to be a competitive year, and I and as uh, we let you, as we're ending here and letting you listen into my conversation with Coach Higgins, that's a question I bring up. He knows there's a lot of talent in the NAL. He's very aware of it. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of that, what a freaking exciting last two weeks! This know, is what back to back week episodes from us um, because news is hot. News is just dropping. Yeah, Warren Smith earlier this week then. Holy crap, Mason's back. The king is back. The king himself. Um, oh, hey, look who I just uh, – this is random as we're recording. Guess who I just got a follow from? Mr. Uh, Prince Sonola himself. Oh, look at that. He's USFL, right? Going no, to USFL? Well, uh, yeah, he's – that's another person. Congrats to him. He's in the draft pool. I forgot to mention right, that. Yes, another yeah, NAL talent. Yeah. Otherwise, I believe his contract right now is with the San Diego Strike Force in the IFL. He was with the Predators last year, correct? Yes, he was. Yes. He actually was. He came on strong at the end of the season for the Predators. Wow. So, man, mm-hmm. our knowledge of the NAL is fast, man. Uh, it's almost. <laughs> been, hey, it's we're getting more and more closer to our one year mark. We're getting better. Yeah, know? we're getting better. better. We'll still have pre-game we get every pre, show. <laughs> yeah, pre-show or we got the pre- training camps going to start here in the month, basically. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to see what's going down. And then all of a sudden, we're doing weekly shows, breaking down week to week. Yeah, and actually, enough. nice season this time. Not a freaking blink of an eye, and it's already the playoffs type of eight-week right. fiasco. Um, but, yeah, uh, big news this week with Mason Espinoza. Mason, appreciate the love and support, you you, and, of course, your brother. Uh, it's been great. Um, and thank you to the fans and the people who have reached out to us. Um, and just want to tell you guys, if we do know stuff and we report it, it's factual. And we have sources. Uh, we're your trusted National Arena League news outlet, um, not associated with the National Arena League <coughs> yet. Um, but <laughs> keep chipping away. <laughs> yeah. Siegfried, hello. Um, Steve, Josh, Ron, hello. Um, anyways, 
Um, but yeah, I, much love, much respect, and I can't wait for the season. It's two months away. Man, it's gonna be a lot of football happening in freaking April. NAL, USFL, and, and I love it. And to the people out there, when people after the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is this weekend. Holy crap! I know. Uh, right? I totally forgot about the Super Bowl this weekend. Um, there will be football after, so don't say, "Well, I wish football season returns." Football season doesn't end. My mo- my most annoying phrase ever since doing these shows, football football you have to wait till football next fall. No, you don't. You're wrong. It's either it's it's, it's technically twenty four seven or it's technically all year if you look hard enough. Yeah, Europe, e- uh, ELF, exciting football. There's football that happens in Denmark, Ireland, France. Like there's a lot of European leagues that are going about to kick off here pretty soon. And because of COVID short seasons, they're playing their normal 16 week seasons now. So there's football everywhere and it's not hard to access these games. And especially the NAL starts in April three weeks before his IFL. I think IFL kicks off in early mid March. IFL is like, yeah, it's later March. Same goes for the CIF. Although Correct. CIF even starts earlier because they're doing those, they do those preseason like local, or more regional-esque, like, semi-pro versus their team games. Yeah, uh, oh. something that the NAL should do, too, but that's hey, another that's another subject for another day. But, yeah, football is here. So, quick, let's just, before we wrap up, Super Bowl pick. Who you got, Rams? Are you still sticking with your Rams pick like you did with your other podcast? Yep, I've, I've said it. If I say it one time on a show, I got to stick with it on all of them. It's still the Rams. Okay. It's going to be a really good game, though. Okay, uh, this is going to be a classic thing. Zach knows my classic swerves. He's going to love me um, about this coming up. Who day, who day, who day think are going to beat them Bengals, the Los Angeles Rams? <laughs> nice. Um, nice swerve. I, I, I love Joe Burrow. I love that comeback story. I love Jamar Chase, but the Rams are just loaded, dude. Uh, it, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the popcorn and the beer and the halftime show or the greatest meme I've already seen. It's like, look at this, an epic concert surrounded by a football game. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Cheers, man. Um, but yeah, uh, can't believe Super Bowl week. Everyone be safe, drive safe. And real football is in two months away. Enjoy your enjoy your conversation and this show with Coach Jeff Higgins of the Orlando head coach that is of the Orlando Predators. That was a good conversation. Again, don't go anywhere. We'll have that to end the show. Uh, however, because we are going to end on the interview, we are going to do this early. Remember one thing, Jim: don't be a jack out of the box. Enjoy Super Bowl weekend, folks. See you later, everybody. Enjoy the interview with Jeff Higgins. Join me today on the Inside the Walls podcast. I have the pleasure of being joined by special guest, head coach of the Orlando Predators, newly signed head coach of the Orlando Predators for the 2022 season. It is Jeff Higgins. Coach, thanks for joining me on the show. Uh, congrats again. I know it's been a it's been a little bit now since you've been announced officially as the Predators' new head coach for play, taking over for former head coach Ben Bennett. But congrats, by the way, nonetheless, leading into the season. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. And um, yeah, my pleasure, obviously. And it's, it's been, it's been great. It's great to, to be announced as head coach and be great to be here tonight as well. Yeah. Let's, let me, uh, let's just get started with that. How has the transition been for you? I know you've been, you were on the staff last year, I understand. Um, But I mean, you kind of, you took over from uh, the announcement was November 18th is when we were known that you were head coach of the Predators at this point. How has that, uh, how's been that transition to the head coaching role, getting those responsibilities up to speed for yourself? Um, I mean, it's, it's been fine. I'm not really a, a rookie, so to speak in the arena football. I've been a coordinator. This is, would be my, let's see, last year would have been like my third or fourth time. Um, okay. my first year out as a, as a, um, as a retiree, I jumped right into coaching and I was a, as a, uh, wide receiver coach and the special teams coordinator back in 2006 and did it a couple times back there in between six and um, 2010. And then I was actually a coordinator of offense in 2019. So um, when you've been around arena football, um, you know, and you've had some great coaches like Ben Bennett and some other guys that I've worked for, you know, you pick up a lot, you learn um, and you just it's kind of been really easy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it does, like I said, helps so you had three years with the predators already. Um, but I mean, talking to yourself, you mentioned your arena expertise. I mean, you you haven't you played you're not only coaching the game, you played the game yourself. I mean, we're entering a new era of Ironman football 
this year. And you are uh, no stranger to that style of play. Form, you know, nominee at one point for the Ford Tough Player of the Year back in the AFL. Also, 12-time Ironman of the Game during that era. Um, last I checked, Ironman hasn't been played since 2013, and that was in the AFL, its final season of that style. What what are you uh, trying to get into your players in terms of uh, understanding how you need to prepare for this change? Because on paper, and to those that have uh, read it, or to those who are veterans of the game that are fans of it from its time past, it is definitely a change in terms of how you play it with these two-way styles. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you're saying that. It's it's funny. I've, I actually, you know, when I first came out trying to go into the NFL, and obviously that didn't work out. I wasn't so sure about the Ironman game. Um, and then as you play the game, and of course, if you love the game, yeah, I mean, it just became the, the best football game I've ever played, especially being Ironman, being a, you know, a receiver, a returner, a linebacker, a DB, believe it or not, a backup quarterback, a holder, kick returner, you know, kick off. I mean, I just love the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the other game, actually, the other game, the new game that I had joined coaching with the NAL that did not have um, Ironman. That that game was new to me. So now going back to the old Ironman rules, um, I mean, it's it's I'm, I'm really blessed that I've obviously had that experience. Um, we also have coaches on our staff that are experienced with that as well. But um, we can get into the rules and how that might go. But it's it's definitely a different game. It, it's you know the athletes have to be I, I'd say in, in some sense a little bit more athletic. Um, positions change a little bit. So, you know, obviously if you have like take one position, a fullback linebacker, um, if you've got to, you know, play fullback and you can run the ball, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to bring it as that middle linebacker spot that you see right. in the game. So traditionally, you know, you'd find guys in this NAL before that were maybe 220, 230 playing, you know, fullback. Um, I would think most of the time those guys would be non-existent. Um, because if you're coming and you're, you know, 220, 230, and you're playing middle linebacker, and not to say that guys that size can't do it, but if you just play the percentages, um, most of them come in and hitting a guy that's 280, 290, eh, it's, it's just not usually going to work. Um, so that's one example. But, um, you know, it, the game is just different. You know, now with Ironman rules, you know, if you start the quarter, you can stay in the game. And if you come out, you can go back in if you start the quarter. Right. But if you don't start the quarter and then you come out, you can't go back in. You're what's called dead. Um, now we did it. I played it and coached it with a 19 man roster. And that was actually very, very difficult. A lot of strategy. Um, not that there's not a lot of strategy now, but we're going to do it with a 20 man, 21 man roster. And if you have an international player, 22 man roster. So a little bit more flexible, um, a little bit easier to coach. Um, but again, a lot more strategy. And of course, you know, special teams are going to be huge kickoff, kick return. Um, those things will be definitely huge with guys that, um, you know, have to play also in addition, offense and defense. So those things will be very interesting. The guys that are new, um, you know, when you're trying to talk to them and, and they're not so sure about this because the game, like you said, has been the Ironman gone, has been get, gone for some time now, maybe eight years. You yeah. know, they're asking, well, coach, well, how am I going to get paid the same and play the whole game? No, you're not. You're only playing about half the quarter. So to give you an idea, if you start the quarter, you know, you look up at the clock, as long as there's no like one hitter quitters, like real big, fast touchdowns. Um, you look at the clock, you play a series of offense, a series of defense, a series of offense. And that's about half the quarter. Hmm. And then it's time for the next guy to come in like a line change in hockey, so to speak. And then he goes defense, offense, defense. And then depending on where you're at, you might bring that player that's not dead in to finish the quarter. So that'll give you a little bit of a, you know, perspective on how that actually goes. Yeah, that that's a lot of what I think our at least ourselves, uh, Jim unfortunately wasn't able to join us for this interview, but me and Jim we've talked on the side and those I've talked to outside of this, it's it's the strategy that we're most intrigued about, you know, cuz we we know or we can hypothesize at least some of the players that might be the two specialists on offense, two specialists on defense that will get those positions. It's some of the guys that are the in-between that were like, all right, let's see how this adapts. Let's see how this changes. You know, um, I had a great conversation with uh, fullback Desmond Maxwell, by the way, earlier this year. And he's, I, I loved his attitude and he's ready to go and play. Um, like he's fully set up to do this two-way system and set up and be an Ironman, you know, 
Uh, and I, I think I'm seeing more and more players that are feeling like they are adapting that and they're ready to test this out and give it a good crack at it and show off their skill sets. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's played linebacker previously. So that's kind of, uh, again, like when you're recruiting guys um, or, or trying to sign them, looking for free agents, so to speak. You know, I'm, I'm looking for guys. And you got to go back and dig a little bit in history, especially if they've played, you know, a few years. You might have a guy that might be a, a great defensive back. Um, but if he was offered a scholarship coming out of high school to play wide receiver, that might be a guy to look at to play wide receiver DB. You know what I mean? So um, it, it, I, I love it. It's fun. Everything from the strategy to the recruitment. Um, I'm a real detail oriented person. So, you know, those details and traditionally as a, as a player, uh, even, you know, as somebody that trains, the details kind of separated me and gave me a little bit of an edge trying to outwork people. You know, I'm not so sure that that's going to happen right now, but I know that I'm going to, you know, give it every uh, shot and every detail oriented um, skill that I see or whatever that I'm evaluating, try to use it for the advantage of, of obviously helping the team and, and building a great program out on the field this year. Mm-hmm. Hey, great coaches uh, do that. Bring the best out of their players. You know, <laughs> you know, I imagine that's that exactly what you're looking at uh, for yourself. Here's, here's something with the organization that I think many of us in the, at least in the space thought was positive Orlando year over year for comparing 19 to 21, you know, not only was there success on the field, it seemed like fan support came back even more so. Um, and it, it feels like the old jungle is starting to become alive again. And it feels like people are coming back and representing and feeling like the predators are here once more. What, what do you see as a path, just more success that that is, or what is beyond just another successful season that you can keep driving that old fandom that was from the AFL days back in there. Cause last year it was a, again, even with a COVID season, it felt like it was a good step for you guys as an organization. Right. I mean, there's a couple parts to that. I think that there's a lot of tradition that we want to keep going. Um, you know, there's from banners that we've had up previously to, you know, bringing in some legends, so to speak, um, you know, that, that tradition um, in this family atmosphere in this community in Orlando um, it, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's historic. I mean, there's been some great coaches, great players, and, but it all starts with the fan base. It all starts with, you know, the community. So um, the tradition, that's one part, obviously that's, that helps it keep going and gets it going in the right direction, going back in here, this 22 season. The next part I think is, you know, um, which is funny going back to the Ironman game. Um, I think that might help it a little bit because obviously the Ironman game was here in the Amway center a lot longer you know, than just the regular NAL experience that was there the pre previous year. So right. um, I know that a lot of those fans that really love that game and, and all that, you know, they'll, they'll be coming back and around. But but I think the biggest thing is, is just the energy and the um, the atmosphere of what our staff, you know, our ownership, um, and of course now our players are going to bring to the Amway Center and to the community um, you know, we expect a lot. We want to be disciplined and we want to be um, detailed. But at the same time, I'm going to let the players be themselves if they do it within the framework of what we're asking them. Um, but we want them also engaged with the fans. And the more fan player engagement, the better the relationship and the, and the closer the bridge um, and the, the more they feel part of it. Um, I am really passionate about the game and I'm, um, you know, emotional to the point where you can see um, that I care, not emotional to the point where it was, you know, it's going to hurt the football team. But yeah. with that being said, um, I think that feeds off into the fans. I mean, that's how like, on a third down or a fourth down, you get more fan involvement, that the meter's going crazy. And I think that our ops, our game ops uh, guys during the, during the games, I think they do a really good job of getting the fans involved and, and including them. Um, but actually, there's a, there's a major, um, I'll call it a campaign, some things that are happening here in the next couple of months that haven't happened previously that you're going to start seeing. Okay. Um, and it's going to actually get a buzz going around the town. It's going to fire the players up. It's going to fire me as a coach up. Um, and when we bring that to the jungle on the first day, I mean, it's going to be electrifying. So those people that hear this, um, no joke, never lied to you. Won't do it again. Won't do it or haven't done before. Won't do it again. So to speak, <laughs> what I'm going to say about that is if you don't have your season tickets, I would try if you were thinking about it, I would go ahead and do it because you're going to start to see some things happen here in the near future. And, and some of them uh, may not be available. So I'm ready for that. Uh, my job isn't really on that side. I, as you know, it's just to build the ball club and to 
you know, put a great product in the field. And once they start to see those signings and who we have, um, that's even going to make it a little bit more difficult probably to get those tickets. So anyway, we're looking forward to it. I can't wait. It's going to be, be great. And, and just counting down the days now. Right. So, yeah, it's getting there. Um, I mean, training camps right around the corner for the league really. And even the season, I know other leagues like the iPhone CIO are starting up before you guys, but you know, early April is, uh, it's getting less than two months away. Pretty right. close to that for the NAL. We're, we're excited over here at inside the walls, you know, just because you guys are tipping off with not only that, but you know, the, the alternative scene of indoor and outdoor game is exploding right now. And you know, your league is currently in the middle of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's funny. I don't know what everybody else does or feels as far as a staff I've learned about, um, you know, different sayings and I'll get an example, you know, it takes 60,000 minutes, right. To prepare for a 60 minute football game. Mm -hmm. Um, as we get closer, it seems like I'm preparing more and more every day. Um, you know, it, 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 it's part of it. It's part of the fun, part of the grind. But like you said, we're starting here, you know, reporting around the April 1st area, April 1st, with April 5th being, you know, a Monday and April 23rd being, we're going to San Antonio, you know, you've got some, you've got a lot of planning to do. You got a lot of uh, meetings to have with staff and you've got a lot of playbooks to put together and, you know, the, the the culture and and interests that you need of your football club are, are, it's all in the planning. So when you do that all, it all goes real smooth. So we'll, we'll start to see um, just how smooth it's going to be real soon. Without a doubt. You'll get to uh, soon enough also test out your roster. The, the 2022 NAL season, I I am going to put now as saying it is arguably going to be one of the most competitive it looks like on paper. Um, teams have been, in terms of signings and transactions, including yourself, have been bringing and pulling out the stops on bringing in some talented guys across the board. Um, it looks like every game just on paper should be, and this is, of course, arena in general, but even more so this year, with Iron Man, with some of these key talents, like we had Mason Espinosa resign today in the league. Darius Prince is coming coming back. You guys have Brandon Fuentes coming coming back. If I'm talking that, Lonnie Outlaw is joining your guys' receiving court. You know, Larry Beavers too. I mean, there's a lot of talent in this league right now. Um, how, how do you look at the league as a whole compared to say in recent, in at least its first years, or at least in your first two seasons? You know, I'm going to take something from the old NFL. I think this is the black and blue league, right? This mm, is the okay. black and blue league. I mean, what, when, you know what I, that, that, that feeling that you got when I said that, I mean, yeah. let's just be real. Like Sia Burley coming back into the league, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's a, a very good football coach, but not to slight coach Rez up in Carolina and, you know, coach Mana. I mean, all of them, I don't, you know, I don't want to leave anybody out. Some very good coaches, right? Some very good players, um, yes, we're, that's my job to build the roster. Um, and, and we're going to build the roster as best we can. And I'm sure every football coach in the league would tell you, you know, just cause the roster is built doesn't mean that tomorrow it might not, it might look different if, if it's better for the ball club and we can upgrade our, our, our football team. Like right now, there's a list of guys that are, you know, in the USFL draft and let's hope that they make it and do well. If they don't, they'll have a home. So um, we'll lose a couple of those guys to that, um, to some football teams there. And then hopefully we gain a couple, but back to what your point is, this is going to be a very, very competitive league. Um, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're in Jacksonville or the new San Antonio from Carolina to Albany. I mean, it, you know, and yeah, what are you going to leave out, you know, coach over there in Columbus? I mean, he's got some right. experience too. So huh, it's going to be a very, very good and hard nosed, um, exciting black and blue league here in the NAL, the indoor 50 yard war. Um, it's, I'm blessed to be a part of it, but you know, I compete just like the rest of them. You know, you, you, you don't, you can't win them all until you win the first, right? That's how they say it. Um, but you know, we're going to all compete. So we're going to compete as best we can during the game. And, you know, we'll, we'll join and be friends afterwards, but make no mistake about it. We're all competitors and, and we're, we're there to beat the opponent. It absolutely is a community that I, uh, I'm newer to the scene. I'll, I've been honest about that the last two years. But meeting people in here it is a, a very well-known uh, knit community of people uh, between any of these leagues you talk to. Just arena, just AFL days, going into the IFL, NAL, you know, love talking that way. Um, and I completely understand that sentiment you say at the end, even at the after a game, you know. Right. Just those connections. I have a lot of respect from the, for the coaches and all the players. I mean, I think it comes from playing, you know, in the, in the, in the past and knowing how – it does it, help. 
Yeah, absolutely. But I, I really do. You know, I know, I know the grind that everybody is going through. I know, you know, the, the things that they're, they're giving up, you know, let's, let's face it. We're not the CFL of the NFL, um, but these guys love the game just as much. They work just as hard, um, including the coaches and, you know, they're, uh, everybody has other things that they do because they're, they're talented and they need to obviously support each other and support themselves and their families. But um, it, it's, it really is a great feeling to be a part of the arena football family um, and to compete, you know, against with, and of course, you know, during contests with the, with the guys that we have. So yeah, some of those players have, have, um, have joined other teams in the league, which is kind of interesting. You mentioned our team. I mean, yeah, let's just be real. When you knew that New Jersey wasn't coming back, you don't think the first thing I did is go to the roster. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it just, right. just makes a lot of sense. Right. So, um, so we'll see, we'll see what, how that all turns out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I get that. I was about to say something. It's funny because must you and uh, Coach Manas must have had a similar mindset on that point. <laughs> you know, hey, we're we're coaches because we're coaches. There's not too many. Me, we might seem different or act different, or maybe I might use a little bit more uh, uh, mannerisms than than Tom or whoever you're speaking about. But <laughs> when it all comes down to it, we're doing the same things, mostly just maybe just a little bit differently, but we're doing the same things. <laughs> I want to I, I want to touch on one one piece here. It's kind of a slight backtrack, but you know I I don't really I haven't really gotten asked this when I've talked to coaches. I've talked to most in the league now at this point. You're you're one you're fifth of six of the six. I actually mm-hmm. don't need to hit up. Um, but uh, local outreach is important with the arena. I, I think it's it's probably one of the most key aspects for this style of football, even more so than other leagues that people watch. Um, what are some of your favorite outreach type of events or things you like to do to get players into the community and to get those that maybe they get in touch and are more knowing of how the roster is and how they impact, say, the Orlando area? Well, when you talk about outreach, I mean, for me, you know, a lot of us are in this game for different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. The game impacted me at a very young age and grew me. Um, into somebody that wanted to be disciplined or do right for my team so that I could be successful, if that makes any sense. So anytime that I have a chance to um, impact, and, and really it could be a kid, it could be an adult, but, you know, we're in this, if, if you're thinking like I am, to, to grow people, you know. So when you're out in the community, if there's something that I can do to, to help somebody, I guess, is the, what I'm looking for, support somebody. I mean, it could be a children's hospital. It could be a, a a girls flag football team. It could be, um, you know, an adult support group that wants a little bit of motivation, but anytime that I can grow and um, affect somebody positively to better themselves in the future and make them successful, that's what it's all about. Um, believe it or not, that's even why I coached arena football with, with working with our guys. I mean, I laugh and the guys joke, I tell them it's my job to make you more money, but I'm not joking. Like that's my job. I feel like, and I want to grow them as a person and as a football player. So if I make them a better football player and I make them a a better person, then I really think that they will make more money sometimes. So um, with that being said, you know, anything that helps and supports somebody else, those are the types of outreach things that I like. I like going to events um, that they have where, you you know, you speak to a bunch of people and um, answer questions and just kind of, cause you don't really realize um, what, others how they view you until you're in this position you know like you, sure. you, we get out there and i'll give an example it's a lot different right we get out there last year as an assistant coach and and um they got the table set up for all the autographs right yeah i don't think there weren't too many people unless i like trained them in this area or knew them previously that were saying hey coach Higgs, come on over here let's get your autograph okay but now if you're like you said brandon fuentes or you're the head football coach you know now all of a sudden it's a completely different ball game, right? They're calling your name. They need you. They're waiting in line. So with that being said, um, whatever it is that I could do to affect people and get out there and, and obviously increase the fan base and increase the love of the sport. I think you can do that um, when you affect people positively. Um, that's just to put it in a nutshell, you know, that that's something I can get behind. I am completely on your side in terms of growing a sport that, I don't think has enough love post the uh, 2008 bankruptcy. I think that that has been something that I love. I, I'm a guy that recollects. I look back at the past and I like, I wish we can get here. So I'm very much on the growth of the sport and helping it be shown as something that is an amazing product. 
that right. to me is what I'm completely behind on. I'm like, hey, check something out. That and it's also and it's a local sport too. You get behind it as a community even more so. Like, why not? Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but it's cool, right, to see the growth too. That like you're talking about the growth and how you're seeing people. Um, and just as an example in Orlando, um, but I mean, I've seen it going across because remember, I played, you know, in Columbus, right, long time ago. Played in Carolina, long time ago. You know, retired in Albany. Um, never been to San Antonio, but you know, Jacksonville's another one. But so when you go to Jacksonville and you see how they've got that thing built and you know, the place is just packed or Columbus, you know, the way they've got it going, I, I won't leave anybody out. The point I'm making is when you're seeing the growth, it's great. We just need to, um, continue to put a great product on the field, continue to make it very professional. Um, and it, it'll just, it'll expand not only from the families, but little kids and hopefully, you know, even, even some college, you know, college kids. I mean, I could see a bunch of college kids coming to one of our games having a lot of fun. Um, It is more family oriented, (laughs) but that doesn't mean they wouldn't have fun. But if you like a lot of points, you like a lot of fast pace hitting and you like fan interaction, then arena football. I mean, that's, you got it. You've got to at least go see it, right? You got to try it. Yeah. So (laughs) it's just one, just one game, just one game. That's all it took for me. One game, Columbus destroyers, 2019. I've been sold ever since. Oh, that's That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I can tell you. I mean, I told you the first time, I think the first game I played in um, as a pro was with the Florida Bobcats against Tampa Bay. It was, uh, that's funny, tackle George LaFrance, thinking about that. But anyway, <laughs> um, it was in the Ice Palace. Okay. And I didn't know what to expect. And I don't even know if that, that arena is called something different now. I'm sure it is. But anyway, going into that arena and like just seeing everybody around you and then just having that one experience after that i just immediately loved the game of arena football after the first one so it happens <laughs> it's a community man just like you said it's a community yeah. <laughs> Co- coach i want to say thank you for joining me uh before i go i want to let you highlight yourself i know you have a you have a personal training uh business yourself <laughs> that you are locally part of you have a it's a local connection for yourself too i'm right can you please uh, elaborate yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, that's, that's what I do um, as a certified strength and conditioning specialist. I've been training since shoot 98, okay. but um, I train from younger kids all the way up to pros. Um, I train quarterbacks, play training receivers, train, do speed and agility. Um, I do that actually after school hours or weekends. And then of course I go to people's houses um, and I train adults, fitness training, fat loss, weight loss, you know, body sculpting, we run a little bit of a, of a, of a park 6am workout here in Orlando. So I go that I just love to affect people positively with their mind, their body, and of course their nutrition and, um, and all that. So yeah, I do that. Got a website, coach Higgs training, you can go on that or on Facebook or Instagram at coach Higgs training. So yeah, just, um, like to work with athletes and, and people to better themselves in, in the world of fitness. Um, and of course, you know, football that allows me to, coach different football games, of course, arena football, but, you know, go and coach college bowl games, FCS bowl, FBS bowl, those types of things. So, yeah. Awesome. Coach Jeff Higgins of the Orlando Predators. Thank you very much again for joining. Appreciate your time. It's been great. I'm wishing you the best here in your first season. Again, you, you guys last year, I thought made a great step there. We love seeing the growth back for there, the jungle getting back to what another step towards what it used to be. And we're looking forward to that community growth continuing on and you guys putting out a great product like the rest of the league. Thanks for taking your time. Again, wishing you the best this year for 2022. I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. 